Welcome to our podcast, A Real World Discovery of Guest Experience in the Hospitality and Lodging Industry, uncovering a mixture of technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising guest expectations and forever changing the guest experience across the hospitality and lodging sector. If you are interested or involved in the travel industry and are passionate about creating unique guest experiences, join us as we talk to experts in the industry to learn about the future trends and how you can set yourself apart from the competition in 2021 and beyond. Good morning. I am Matthew Loney, one of your co-hosts here on the Guest X podcast, where we challenge you to create a guest experience worth talking about. And today we are doing something new. We are actually going to record video along with the podcast. So if you're watching a little bit of this video, we don't know how this is going to go. Just like it was like episode one of the podcast. We didn't know how that was going to go, but we're going to try it. And so, of course, the gentleman here on my far right, who's got the face for radio, Brian Amawi, my co-host. Brian, thank you for joining us. And of course, we've got a great guest today, another great guest on the Guest X podcast. But before we get to that, last week, we had Chris Mankaitis on Real Tech. Really, really kind of interesting. You know, this is a group that in the vacation rental space that is kind of property management software agnostic. You know, so they're they're in there competing, I think, with a lot of the property management systems that are building these websites, but they do it almost from a from a third party perspective, which is I think interesting for property managers. And you know, I felt like you know, he has a lot of good insight, a lot of good statistics on kind of guest conversion, you know, where, you know, what guests are doing and, and really how to get them to kind of click book on the website. And, you know, when we think about guest experience, we, we often think about the things that we can control the communications with the guests and, and, and we can control the website. But I think we, we often think about from the time they book right until they get here and then what's the check-in process but this this is really your first opportunity to get in front of the guests Brian I, I thought it was an interesting yeah. conversation yeah and i mean real tech has done a really good job over the last few years of developing technology which makes it really simple for guests to book and that's really the key with websites websites serve a couple things at the very core. They're a representation of your company. So the design and the content that you put into that website really represents who you are as a company, the brand. The second thing that it does helps you attract those customers that have stayed in your home. So remarketing or retargeting. And also for new guests, giving them the confidence that they, they can book through your website. Your website has to be as good, if not better experience than going to a large OTA. You're asking them to book directly with you. So you have to build the confidence and it needs to be done in very, very few clicks. You know, when I worked with Blue Tent, one of the things that we studied was how quickly from the time a guest gets to your website to the to, to transacting, how quickly can we do that process? And, and Realtech has done a phenomenal job of doing that. So that was a really interesting conversation. If you guys haven't checked it out, I encourage you to do it and reach out to them because if you are a growing company, this is the next step in building your company and your brand. 
Yeah. And, you know, the one thing I would add to that before we move on here too, is, you know, Ray, who is the founder, you and I talked about Ray, but we'd really like at some point we need to get Ray on because part of this too, and I know we're going to ask our guests today, we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about this, but as you build an organization, how do you instill upon your, in, into your employees, a culture of guest experience, right? With your clients, whether you're a B2B to C company or a B2C, but instilling that, I bring that up because I mentioned it on that podcast. And I mean, this is true as can be, you know, Ray is one of those guys, you, you talk to people in the industry and no one's got a bad thing to say. And that's tough in a small industry, right? Cause everybody's crossed everybody. It feels like it. So, but everyone speaks so highly of him and his clients just talk about his dedication to their business. So that that's something else we should do. So before I'm going to throw it to you, Brian, let you go ahead and introduce today's guest. But before I do the last thing, abode PR, thank you very much is coming on as, as one of the, one of the sponsors of the guest X podcast. So we want to make sure we mention abode. Jessica was actually on the podcast a number of weeks ago. And then of course, Explory with the leading guest experience solutions to the vacation rental industry are our, our other primary sponsor right now, our title sponsors. I want to, I want to thank both of them, but Brian, go ahead and a little intro for today's guest. Yeah. Today's guest is really exciting. I know Andrew personally. So Welcome, Andrew Bate, to the show. He is the CEO at Safely. Safely is the leading tech and guest screening solution for the vacation, vacation and short-term rental market. Andrew previously served as a founding advisor to Rented.com and Travel Perk and co-founded Hotel Upgrade to help hoteliers identify and attract high-margin business travel through guest perks and upgrades. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brian and Matthew. Yeah. We're really excited to talk to you. One, because I'm one of your clients and, and I'm super excited to talk about this product. And two, I just, I, I think what you guys are doing in our space is essential on multiple levels from providing our homeowners with confidence to our guests with the ability to come into a home and really enjoy the home and not have to worry about, you know, using the space to the property managers and just making sure that we're excited to have the guests come over and if anything happens, you know, we're safe on that end as well. But before we get started with all of that, I'd love our listeners to get a little bit of your background because you've got a fascinating background and learn a bit, little bit about you and, and how you guys came up with Safely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you. Um, it, you know, of course, like every entrepreneur, it was not a direct path. Like you, you ask the successful ones and they're like, oh, I was so smart. I did exactly this. I, I knew what I was doing from the very beginning. And that's not our path. No one just decides they want to do insurance because it's the most fun thing out there. I was in travel originally, and I was I was at McKinsey and Company, the management consulting firm, in their travel practice. And it turns out the biggest problem in travel is is asset utilization. You have an airplane, you have a hotel. How do you how do you use it better? How do you earn cash from this asset that just expires every minute, has less value every minute? So you've got to monetize it every minute, and and so just having that lens, looking at at this, this fast-growing industry, the biggest problem that needed to be solved is how do you get a, a homeowner to feel more comfortable using this asset? And the number one thing was you've got to let internet strangers come into your house and sleep in your bed and be in your space. And that's really weird. But it's also weird to buy a really expensive asset 
your family, big part of your family's retirement and then leave that empty and not monetize it. So, so that's how we started safely is to help. How does a homeowner feel comfortable monetizing this asset? And then how do we, you know, how did they do it in a way they're comfortable with? And then actually to start though, we started a website called trusted guests. So you could identify the homeowner could identify exactly who they trust. And then only guests who exceeded that risk threshold, that trust threshold could even see the home exist and then book it. And, you know, that didn't work as well. We started right as Airbnb was starting and, you know, we, we made a pivot. We changed to just trying to infuse more trust in every reservation. Actually, after a conversation with Carl Shepard at, at, at HomeAway, VRBO, Verbo, whatever you want to call them. And, and he said, Andrew, why are you competing with us? Like, you're not going to win. But what if you could make every reservation a little safer? Because that's the part of what you're doing that really resonates with, with everyone. And so in 2013, we switched to this different model, the safely.com model, you know, today where we do the right guest screening, the right analytics, and then the right insurance product to make that every reservation safer, no matter where it's booked. That is fascinating. So now we have Safely, and, and obviously the name says it all. So talk to us a little bit about the process. How does, how does Safely work? What is, what's your goal with Safely? You know what? Our goal is as ubiquitous as the, as the FICO score. We want to add the right data, the right insurance, the right trust into every reservation. So the guest is happier, the homeowner's happier, and everyone's protected along the way. And, and really, every reservation would be a little bit better with a little insight, with some insurance, some risk mitigation. So really, how it works is we, we partner right now mostly with property managers, and they sign up with us. And whenever there's a commercial booking, you know, a booking where the guest is paying for it, where your homeowner's coverage isn't going to cover you know, a commercial event, you know, we're just on. And the res- we grab the reservation data from the booking sites, from your property management system. So as a reservation comes in, that reservation's instantly underwritten and it's protected. So we're on when you want us and we're off when you don't want us because you don't need insurance when you don't have any risk. And I have to ask, you know, obviously I'm the outsider here is the one who's not, you know, not managing these reservations. Like this is not a... You know, obviously getting that reservation, you know, Explory works with our partners on that side and, you know, and, and promoting the properties. But at the point, Andrew, that that reservation happens. So how can you walk us through what steps safely helps the property managers take um, to, you know, underwrite this policy, right? Which I imagine is less expensive because of the steps right? That it's, that it, that you're using to underwrite. So the risk is lower. So, you know, that's not knowing a lot about insurance, but look at me, I'm, 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 you know, insurance 101 here, risk (laughs) goes down, cost goes down. Thank you, Matt Loney. So nailed it. Yes. But, but walk through what steps you guys take. And then I would be interested in, is there any risk of the guests? You know, we obviously, we want these precautions or these protections, but we also need to be careful that we don't over encumber the guest in booking, right? Especially compared to other forms of lodging. I'd love to hear a little about that. Right. And, and that's always the balance. Like you add friction that you learn stuff when there's friction, but the friction also 
bothers people. And so we try really hard to make sure that it's the right amount of friction. But but fundamentally, there are two things I, I want everyone to remember. First is when you go to a hotel, you give them your ID. So you like you're used to that. It's normal. And and now you're going into someone's private home and you don't want to give your ID. That's that's weird. It should be opposite. Like you should want to give an ID to go into a hotel, but you'd understand that this home wouldn't even be available to you if that homeowner didn't didn't feel comfortable with you. So this home is not available, whereas that Hyatt place will always be available to you. And and so how the process works is and it's customizable by our by our property managers, they can decide to be as invasive as they want. So as a reservation happens, uh, we kick off an email to the guest because we need the guest name, address, and date of birth in order to, to run a good criminal check. But what we're checking for are sex offender lists. We're checking for felonies in the United States, global sanctions lists. We keep a database of bad guests, people who have destroyed homes and should never rent again without the right supervision. And so we're doing those checks as that guest makes the reservation. Now, criminal checks are, they do take some time. So it doesn't work as well for last minute bookings. If we if there's, if there's it's a common name and we can't quite make a match because we wanna be really careful when, if we say you're a sex offender, we wanna be very confident that you are exactly what we said you were. Otherwise, you know, that's a horrible guest experience. Like forget about everything else you've talked about on the show. Like that's like the worst guest experience. So we, we want to make sure we get that right. And it takes a team of analysts to kind of who are experts at looking at criminal records and matching. But that's a screening that's done. And it's presented as a virtual check-in. That email comes out and it's a virtual check-in. You can, you're you're like, oh yeah, I know what to do when I check in. I show them my ID and I share some information and, and now we're fine. Where it gets customizable is if we find something, we we talk to the property manager. We don't just turn the guest down. We talk to you. And it's like, how do you feel about this person? And and if it's like, if it's the off season, if you have a place in Wyoming that's remote and our insurance is in place, maybe you're like, yeah, I, I, I'm in. Like, let's, let's, let's go for it. Or if you maybe promised your homeowners that there will be, like every guest will be screened and we will not let in this type of guest. Well, then it's like, no problems, you you don't do it. But the, the the key part here is we help you turn down the guest in a way that's compliant with the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the Fair Housing Act, because we're experts on that and no one else is in this entire world. So so we help you with, with that process and send a letter out to the guest. And if they want to dispute the data that they found, you know, they sure can. And we help them with that dispute process because we don't like, we think this shouldn't be a black box where you're just denied housing or not denied housing. Instead, it, there's transparency on both sides for this process to work. And, that, and that's what we do. Turning down the guests. Now, that's an interesting topic in its own, because one of the issues that we have with Airbnb, BRBO, or any other big OTA is that we're, you know, we don't know these guests. So we're booking them. They come and stay at the house. One of the big issues that we were having here in Orlando was parties. And so... We'd assume that we're just renting out to a family and then all of a sudden they have these giant parties. But you guys have actually built a mechanism to which those background checks are made available to us and then we can cancel the reservations with those big OTAs and they're accepting those cancellations. Can you talk to us about how that works a little bit? Yeah, because there are really legitimate reasons for turning down a guest. Like absolutely legitimate. Airbnb, 
Burbo will let you turn down a guest when you're not comfortable. And they, they're turning down guests when they find some of the same things too. So if, if, if you call, call it Verbo, like you're getting grief about canceling a reservation, not within the allotted frequency or time, we'll help you with the evidence and say, hey, this was a sex offender. You didn't catch him or her. And I'm just not comfortable with this reservation. And these people are not a member of any protected class. Like you can't turn down a guest based on religion, a sexual orientation, age over 40, things like that. But you can turn them down because they've destroyed homes in the past or because they've, you know, they're on the right criminal lists. Right. So then that goes into, you know, I use your products. I, I love your products. And one of the things that I do is I actually use you guys as homeowner acquisition. It's, it's a great tool for that. And, and this is going to lead into good guest experience. So one of the things that I do with your products is that I actually go to the homeowners that are considering us for management. And I say, I am using this tool. We have the ability to screen the guests. We have the ability to deny reservations based on the background checks that come in. And then, you know, we have protection in place if something does happen at the house, which then makes that homeowner feel real comfortable. Not only that, but then I'm also asking them to make improvements on the house and feel safe about making those improvements, which then in turn makes the guest expectation actually much higher because things that the owners weren't considering doing because it might've gone a bit too far, they're spending a bit too much money. You know, now they're actually saying, well, if I invest in the home, I can feel pretty safe that things are going to be taken care of. Are you guys seeing that across the network? Is that the right way to think about it? Uh, yeah, we're seeing exactly that. Really, it's just amazing when you're talking to a homeowner, either you're competing head to head with another property manager and they're like, well, who's staying in my house and what happens when something goes wrong? And right now the default answer is, you know, you're fine. You know, we take a $500 deposit or something, or, you know, we've been doing this 20 years, everything's fine. That's then, then you can also say, oh, we use a service called safely.com or others, you know, it doesn't matter, but the guest is paying for this primary commercial insurance and you're going to be covered for up to a million dollars. We don't go to your homeowner's policy ever. It's like, this is a primary policy meant for any commercial liability. And they're like, yes, that's, that's what I need. And you also help them avoid that, that search to get the right insurance policy. You calling up their broker, their insurance agent, Sometimes it works really well. If you're in a vacation destination, they, they understand this, this type of risk. If you're not in this in a vacation destination, you're in an urban area or some of the faster, like newer, faster growing short-term rental geographies, your agents just don't know what's even available for this type of protection. Then they're like, hey, Ryan, thanks, but we're going to drop you because your homeowner's policy wasn't meant for this type of activity. When you're just going to them trying to find the right solution. Right. And, you know, Andrew, we, we talked as we, before we jumped on the podcast, I think it's important. I, I don't know why I'd never thought of it, by the way, but the, the comment about, you know, the, the ID and the hotels is exactly right. It's never occurred, but it's not just hotels, right? When I rent a car, you know, mm -hmm. you're required to provide that ID. So it, but there is a benefit from a cost perspective, right? I think it is important to like, these are savings that eventually flow downstream in a competitive environment like we have in vacation rentals, which is, you know, if I, the property manager, are am not having to come out of pocket 
you know, for, you know, various different damages done to the house or my homeowners are not, you know, those are not, those are costs that I'm not then having to bake into the price. Ultimately, when someone destroys a home, if there's not insurance for it, we all lose because the price of operating vacation rentals goes up. So I think all in all, from a consumer perspective too, there is a reason to really want this kind of standardization and professionalism in our industry so that, you know, vacation rentals can, can remain competitively or competitive as from, from a cost perspective. Yeah, we're absolutely seeing that. And then it's the battle over who pays for this stuff. That's really frustrating. So I mean, your homeowners, if you're a property manager, your homeowners think that you're getting rich with your commission. You know, you're you're making all this money that they should be making. And so when you say, hey, your home was damaged, you know, I need an extra $800, $1,500, whatever. They're like, no, no, Matthew, you let them into my house. Like, I think you should pay it. And you're, you're getting all this money, all my money anyway. And so they get mad and you know, you only have 40 homes or whatever, you know, 50 homes. So one homeowner really matters. But then you go after the guest too, and you try to get 20, 50, $500 from the guest and you know, they leave you a bad review. And then you're, you're suddenly on page seven of the search results on the booking sites versus page one, just because of, you know, you wanted to get reimbursed for some towels or, or you accuse them of soiling the sheets. And that those are just, it is so much friction, so much operational time, but also the worst experience for your homeowners and your guests that it's so nice to have a new pool of money. You go there and then the guest is also happy. They're not putting down a damage deposit and hoping you pay them back. They're they're like, nope, I'm, you know, it's some money. It's non-refundable, but I don't have to worry about a thing. And they're not going to come after me, harass me about, about anything like a, a mistake that I made. Yeah, right. I mean, I... Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I was just going to say, as a, as a as a as a father of now, I guess a five year old and a two year old, who uses vacation rentals a lot. I mean, I'm I'm headed next week till I'm going to take the family. I've got a business trip, but we're going to go to London and we're going to stay in a vacation rental because I want the girls to experience it. You know, when we go, I always come down and see Brian at the end of the year between Christmas and New Year's. We spend about ten days. I, I will be honest; we are incredibly respectful. We have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. If you've seen our home, they they do as much damage to those vacation rentals as they do to our own homes. But as as a guest, you know, the the minor stuff, I've had them break a plate, right? It happens. We try, you know, um, especially when we're in homes that don't have plastic plates. But but I don't want to be nickeled and dimed for that. I, I would be upset because I wasn't disrespectful to your home and things happen. As a guest, I would think, that's the cost of renting your home, not me, you know, throwing something through a window, but me, you know, a plate breaking, things like that. I think that's a huge area, Andrew, where you talk about where just such a better guest experience right. to not have to deal with that. And when we look at these claims, because we have a $0 deductible or a $100 deductible. So we see everything, the little stuff the bodily injury claims and everything in between. We just got a $2.50 claim the other day, oh my uh, gosh. which I'm fine with. I love it. Like, because it wasn't $400,000. So like send them, keep sending them our way. Fewer mm -hmm. of the big ones. But really, as we look at all of our, our claims that come through and it's over a million nights so far, they kind of are divided into thirds. 
There's a third where it's purely accidental, like just like life, we make it, things happen, you need insurance, it's great. And then there's a third that's about this real negligence, like someone snuck a dog, they were smoking, they, they had 80 people in a two bedroom condo, you know, swinging on chandeliers, that's absolutely intentional. But there's a middle third that we call vacation brain, where these people are probably really smart and accomplished in real life, but once they're on vacation, somehow they think they can do gymnastics on your towel rack. They don't need to turn off the the the, the bathtub water. It, just things where it's such common sense. It's not negligence, but it's not intelligence either. It's like right in the middle. And that's, you know, when people are on vacation, they don't know how a house works. They they're relaxed and things happen. And so that's kind of how we see those, those claims because you're right. Like accidents happen. You want to be covered there. The guest especially wants to be covered. Negligence happens. That's where the homeowner needs to be covered. And then you need someone to cover all that, that, that middle stuff. I love the term vacation brain. We use it all the time and I've got some <laughs> hilarious. <you? laughs> yeah. We have some hilarious stories on it too. So maybe one day we'll just sit down and share those stories. We should do an episode of bad claims and vacation brain, like two yeah. hours and we just used go to, for it. We used to actually have a board back in the earlier years of management. And it would be between us, some of the tour operators and some other property managers. And we'd basically, we'd whiteboard and we'd have a whiteboard and we'd basically have these funny stories on there. And we'd also blacklist guests. So we'd call each other and say, don't come here. <laughs> don't let these guests into the house. They're, they're an absolute nightmare. And I think what you guys are doing is basically the tech form or an advanced version of all of this. What I love is, you know, it, it gives the ability to a, for a guest to walk into a property and really enjoy the property. They're not worried about having to go in, start inspecting the house, and then all of a sudden you've turned their vacation upside down instantly. And I, I don't know that a lot of people realize that they've done this, but, you know, if you're asking a guest to do a house check, because they've got security deposit in place and they might lose that money, what you're actually asking them to do is start finding fault with my product. And so you've gone from offering something that's supposed to be a phenomenal experience to, hey, tell me what I've done wrong. And now let's talk about how I'm gonna start compensating you for it so that you're not liable for the money that you've put on deposit with me. So I think it's absolutely fascinating that this program takes away that element. One thing I've got to say is I, I like to make my people responsible as well. So before I even do a claim, I'm not going to do a claim for $2.50 because I think, you know, there is an element where it just things happen. It's part of business uh, and you guys are a business as well, but I do like to make my customers feel responsible for So my first course of action as a company is I actually go to the guest and say, Hey, do you know that this happened at the house? And I've actually, because of the approach, because I know in the back of my mind that I have you guys to be able to resolve that issue, I approach it in a completely different manner. Mm. Actually, out of the four claims that I've had with you guys, I've actually had an additional three. And the guest has paid me in full for the damages that they've done at the house. And it was a simple, it was a completely different approach to what I would have done in the past without having your guys' service. And I find that to be very interesting because what I've also seen is an increase in reviews. So in our business, the most important asset that we have is reviews. Now, if they do damage in the house and we have 
who have some issues and you guys are resolving it and I know that they're a tough guest, guess what? I'm going to skip that process. I'm probably going to have at least a four or five star review because I know I'm treating them the right way, but I don't have to go in and, and start blaming them for some issues. And so the value isn't in just the insurance product, but it's the end result of that reservation, which is going to increase my business. That, that's amazing. And yeah, you want to treat each guest the way they should be treated. I know I've caused some damage in the past and I, I feel horrible. And I'm like, let me pay for it. I'll, I'll feel better. Like, I don't care if there's insurance. Just let me let me pay for that. And and I, I have a 17 month old. So I have a feeling, Matthew, I'm going to be destroying some in the yeah. future. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, so I, I want to pay for it. Only stay places that have safely. I will tell you right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, that's a deal. That's awesome. Um, Andrew, if we'll get a little bit off topic, a little bit, if you don't mind, away from Safely and more about what you're building at Safely. You know, I've had the opportunity, I know Brian's actually, you know, worked with your team. I've had the opportunity to watch your team in action at the conferences. I think we're at a lot of the conferences, a lot of the same conferences. Congratulations, by the way, on the recent I know, partnership with LiveRes. I just saw that was announced just a little bit ago. Uh, congrats on that. But one of the things I have been impressed with is the people you guys are employing, the, the team that I see that's there working with their clients, working with their prospects. One of the things you know, I think Brian and I would, would love to hear about you know, we're having this opportunity to talk with, you know, some upstart entrepreneurs, but also some, some, some men and women who have been incredibly successful, but, you know, is getting, you know, just getting some, some understanding or some advice on how, how do you build a team like that? You know, people are often the hardest aspect of a business. How do you one you know, bring in those people, but how do you instill upon them, you know, a level of experience that you want your clients to have so that, you know, you can't be everywhere as you continue to grow safely. I mean, that's the big thing. Who do you want representing Andrew when Andrew's not there? And, and, you know, you've built this thing by yourself, you know, from the ground up, that's risky. So talk to us a little bit about how you've built the company from a culture standpoint and, and instilled this in your people. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. And, and I am really excited by our team and, and I can talk about each one of them. There are 12 of us and each one makes such a, such a great contribution. I, I think first of all, none of us have an insurance background yet. We sell insurance. And I think that's really helpful. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, we have conversations right, yeah. and it's like, you know, if some of our customers aren't making claims, we call them. We have an expectation that a certain percentage of reservations will have a claim. And if you're not making claims, well, you're not using our product. And then we're really expensive. You mentioned we were kind of expensive. Well, if you never, if we never pay a claim, then it's just like a tax and you don't want that. So we're built to pay claims. We're built to, to help that, that property manager. So first of all, every single person loves staying in vacation homes. And, and so like that helps, but they're thinking about this whole experience as, as a host or a guest rather than an insurance person who needs to get your facts 
and your fax has to have a cover sheet and it has to be perfect. And then we're going to delay paying and all that. It, it's, it's just the mentality of like, no, we're here to help. And, and I think, you know, sometimes I do where I will push really hard. It's like, if you were the homeowner, like, would you like, how do you feel about this? That it took us too long to pay a claim. It, you know, something wasn't covered or the guest experiences like this. And, and that's where I push really hard. Like, like, don't think of this like an insurance instrument. Like, think of it as, or that we're a big old company. No, think of it as, as like, what makes this experience better? And that's the whole, and the people just believe that. That's a great point. And, and that's, that is a great point. And, and I think that the key is your name, safely. It, it makes us feel safe. It really does. It's more than an insurance product. And, and I may have said, that it is an expensive product, but it's something that is worth investing in. And I and I feel without safely, our our product would be completely different. So it's a it's something that is worth continuing to build. And I, I do agree. Your team is phenomenal. You have awesome <laughs> people. I agree. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. And the and the vests. You can't mention safely without you know the vests. I mean, it, you know, it's they. I can't think of another company that walks around and you can tell. I know. There you go. Look at Brian. He had to one up me with his. For those of us, those of you not watching and only listening, he's he's, he's wearing his Guest X podcast vest this morning for us. But but no, you know, Andrew, I think you brought up a good point as a B two B to C company. You know, very, very similar to Explory. One of the things I've found with our team is getting them to understand, and I imagine, Brian, for you, it's the same in vacation world, but getting them to understand the lifetime value of that client, right? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we get wrapped up in, well, this is what's happening right now, and here's how I think I want to respond. And, you know, if you step back and you say, okay, in the grand scheme of things, right, you know, the value of our clients and not having to go back out and your sales team probably knows better than anybody. Our sales team reminds our operations team all the time of all the work it took to talk to those clients and, you know, and bring them on as a client. It, if you can instill upon your team an understanding of, of the long-term vision of what you're trying to build here, I, I think they get better at not making decisions just based on, the facts in front of them today, because there's always going to be those moments. Yeah. And, and you know, one thing we do uh, with that is, you know, we track our, our retention rate every single week in our team meeting. And right now we have a 97% retention rate. So 3% wow. every year are leaving. And, you know, that's like, well, if a cost is acquiring 3% of all companies anyway, so like, it's, it's like, normal but but we report that we really care about that another metric we report is how fast we pay our claims and 70 percent are being paid in under two business days so we report that and it really is about putting the focus on those metrics another one we track is net revenue retention so a group from last year how much revenue are we getting them from them this year and we didn't raise prices and it's because they're growing you know, whether it's occupancy increases or they're recruiting more homes or they're retaining more homes, that's 125%, which is a really, really strong, strong metric. But it shows that our customers are healthy, but also we're tracking that every single day. And then, then like I mentioned, when if you're not filing claims, we'll call you. Or if you're filing too many claims, we call you too. But but like you, yeah, we, we want balance. people to use. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and Brian, to you know, we've talked about this, but that's a really good point. You know, the 
the things you measure typically get better. So if you want your team focused on the experience that your clients are having and your guests, depending upon who your end user is, then put it in the KPIs. We track, we, we track retention religiously. Now we do, we, we track overall retention and then retention after you take out uh, consolidation acquisitions, because I've been on the end of those phone calls and it's, oh, we've acquired so-and-so and it was an asset purchase and the contracts didn't come with it. And thanks for your services. Where do we yeah. send this stuff to? But, you know, but you in your team can't, but, but that's a good one. And there's in every business, there's a number of KPIs. And if you can get, it's almost like back in, you know, backdooring them to think about it from the customer's perspective, just here's how we're going to gauge how we're doing. And ultimately then they create a better, a better experience for your clients. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with them understanding the future of the company as well. The, the, the vision of the company mm -hmm. is not short term and understanding their place in the company. So if they're helping you build you know, a certain profile for your company and what that means long-term for them, your retention is probably going to go up internally as well. It's, it's, ex it's all about the execution, right? If you have an understanding why you're trying to execute this and what the value is, then your team's going to help you execute that. And both of you guys are really good CEOs. So I think you're, you're, and we talk about this all the time, Matt, which is like, how do you keep your team motivated? How do you train them so that they perform well and understand what you're trying to achieve? And that's a difficult role all in its own. Well, and I, yeah, I think, well, thank you for the kind words. I'll, I'll thank you on behalf of Andrew as well. But I do find, you know, Andrew, that, and I think at every level in an organization, anybody who manages people, whatever you think is clear in your head or that you've said, you think you've said it enough times for everyone to know, you probably need to double that, right? It's like, for me, it's like the cost of building tech. Whatever you think it's going to cost and however long, double it. Well, it's the same with, to Brian's point, vision and just understanding roles and responsibilities. Those are things you just have to keep hammering and, and keep reinforcing every chance you get because it's it's clear in a founder's head or a CEO's head because that they live in that space. And and my head's very murky, so you don't want to be in there. But but no, it's a it's, really good point, Brian. It's actually a really good, uh, it's, it's a good topic of conversation. I don't think we could go too deep into this today, but... One of the things with software especially is roadmaps. I think the, the customer retention gets lost a lot because customers themselves that are using software don't know where the company's going. I came across a few companies that realized this and started to build on the back end what their roadmap looked like for the next 12 to 18 months and the, where they were in development. And as product was being released, they were talking very high level about that product and when the release dates were. And the retention started going up because there wasn't this, you said you were going to build X, Y, and Z. It was this, we, we are doing this, here's where it is on the roadmap. And all of a sudden the customers feel really comfortable with what their software is or what their partners are doing. And I think you can take a look at that internally as a company for your staff, for your product teams, as well as your customer base. And that helps just retain people. Communication. Andrew, do you guys meet? How do you communicate? I mean, still a small group, but you know, I, I, you know, I know you're in Atlanta and I don't know if the whole team is in Atlanta, but I think remote workforce is making the communication harder, right? The last thing sometimes your team wants to do is sit on another zoom meeting, 
how, how do you guys communicate things, you know, like vision and things? Do you, do you have a cadence or how do you do it at Safely? So we were in an office before COVID and that was great because you can handle little, little issues, you know, really easily. Hey, Louie, what's up? Uh, Amanda, help me with this. Amber, let's talk about that. But now there's been a barrier to communication because it has to be important enough to schedule a Zoom call or something. But there's enough of the little stuff that it becomes important over time, but each one's really little and it's just a random comment. You know, of course, we use Slack and we have our Zoom. We have a weekly team meeting, a leadership team meeting where, you know, we track our, our KPIs. But we're getting a little bit bigger and, and we're starting to hire even more. So we need to increase the number of like regular whole team meetings or just check-ins or something. So everyone's on the same page. We're going back into an office December 1st. We're just doing a little bit of renovation on this office. And then I think in a month we'll, we'll be able to move back in. But those random conversations, those questions, the clarifying questions are so essential. And, and we've been caught a little bit where we haven't quite, like we've gone down one path or someone's gone down one path and, and it was, we needed a correction. And it was because those frequent conversations weren't happening. So it needs to be solved. Like it's, it's great. We believe, I believe we should be mostly in person because we're trying to define a category and all of us are trying to figure out how we fit into this rapidly growing industry with so much opportunity, but also so much ambiguity. So like if you're hiring smart people, you got to be talking regularly and problem solving regularly. So, so that's why we will be in the office, you know, a, not all the time, but enough where where we have fewer barriers to, to collaboration and communication. Oh, oh yeah, man, that's awesome! My, a man after my own heart. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, I love I love the face to face. And you're right; uh, the magic happens in those you know those passing moments. I think, Andrew, it has been an absolute pleasure you know to watch your company and and what you've been able to build, and as you guys have been able to grow and. We, we appreciate you coming on today. If if listeners want to get a hold of Safely, you know what is the best way uh, to reach you all if they want some more information? Yeah, just send me a note. I'm Andrew or Andrew.bait at safely.com, S-A-F-E-L-Y.com. We have a form on the website. Just, I mean, ask away and the right person will answer any question you you need. But, you know, I'd also just love to hear you know, what are your problems? And, and if you have ideas or, or it's like, oh, well, you, if I could have this, then I'd get these four homeowners who are thinking about joining. We'd love to solve that with you and figure out how to, how you can be more successful with the right trust and safety and risk products. I love it. Yeah. It's this great. Fun, fun conversation again. So well, love having you. you on. We look forward to see what you guys are up to here in the new future. Thank you, Andrew. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episodes. We are Brian Hamali and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a guest experience worth talking about. See you soon.